everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mile to Marathon podcast. My name is Rob Watson. I am going to be the host today and probably the next one you listen to. I might be hosting unless I get fired, which is a possibility because I tend to do little rambles like this right now and it's uninteresting to the listener. Um, so anyways, I digress. Today we are talking with Justin Kent, coach of Mile to Marathon Burnaby, about his experience at the marathon project down there in Arizona where he ran his debut marathon finishing at a very respectable 217 gave it a go had a cool experience so uh, yeah he's just gonna talk talk to us about it it was it was a fun chat Justin's a rad dude we're super proud of his achievements and his accomplishments so far and we're super happy to have him as part of the miles marathon family and uh, yeah so here's my chat with Justin Kent let's do it I I think my computer might be getting old, but I'm not sure because I don't know like the age of computers. Maybe I'm just overloading it because I've been working on it very much. I don't know. I don't know how technology works. It yeah. was. I'm always like a day away from being like, yeah, but I'm just gonna buy a new computer. <laughs> like five years now. I reckon it's time for a new one soon. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of computer are you working with? I have a I have a Mac. Which uh, one do you have? A MacBook Air. Uh, I don't know the anything else beyond that. It was a, it was, it's a work computer. Um, so it actually belongs to Rackets and Runners. So um, Dude, Rackets and Runners takes great care of you. <laughs> phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Support local businesses. Yeah, hundred percent. Support local businesses because they support local people <laughs> and athletes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see Bezos buying anyone computers. <laughs> Trying to turn people into computers for how long, you know. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm finally out of out of quarantine. Um, back home. Out of quarantine into this. You're allowed to leave. Back, out of quarantine, back into quarantine, basically. Yeah. Back into. But, back but into I, I, have the, I have the luxury to leave my house, though. So that's that. That's. Yeah. When you when you were on quarantine, did you have like uh, the government come and check in on you? Uh, they never physically came. They called me a couple times. Yeah, um, and then I had to. You have that. Um, you have an app that you have to kind of update consistently, um, just with your like daily symptoms, and um, they must be like checking. I don't know. I, maybe they're checking, making sure your location is. Uh, they're yeah, syncing you through your phone, and I don't know. So it's They're, kind of like it's kind of like whereabouts for your athletes. It is, yeah, yeah. For fourteen days, I had that with the Canadian government. So, but uh, yeah, I got through it. Um, I went a little nuts, I think, a few times. Um, it was bizarre. It was an odd holidays <laughs> or Christmas too. I can only imagine, man. Yeah, because you because obviously your race was on the twentieth. So then you're yeah. like, yeah. So what like um what did you do to pass the time? Um, I thankfully was able to work. I was able to coach. Um, uh, I watched probably a fair bit of TV. Um, the, there's a channel that had like star Wars on like 24 seven, I'm pretty sure for Christmas. And I just had that kind of on the background. Um, and then, uh, what else I do? Uh, I read, uh, Matt McConaughey's new book. Oh, how really was that? Really good. Yeah. You like, like, uh, just like, I don't know. I just love the way he talks too. And I even listened to a fair bit of it on a, um, audiobook and he's just like so rhythmic and 
he's got so many good like one-liners and it was a good time to like read that and reflect on what I just did to myself and like where my current state of like being locked up and um yeah it was good but how about you how was your holidays yeah holidays were, were fine uh and and uh like you mentioned it was just weird right so Jen and I just kind of hung out and like would zoom people and yeah. get drunk by ourselves and hang out with our cats and <laughs> I would go for runs and she would she would uh go for her home gyms and it's just holidays didn't seem yeah any diff like any any different than like breaking from what we've been doing it just added the depression of like hey here's another thing you can't do with your life right now so it was it was odd but it, it was actually okay also because we didn't have to spend a lot of time traveling and you know doing all the bs that comes with holidays yeah. although it's come from a very privileged space to be able to say that's bs visiting friends and family but yeah it was weird but it was good it was good um so we're just doing what we can to, to break through this so I know, I know what you mean though, because Linz and I would usually have to like hit three or four different spots on Christmas and it's like all over the lower mainland and it just feels like you're like, you can't really get the full, like can't enjoy Christmas as, as much, but you still get to see everyone. So it was a lot, it was a lot, uh, very bizarre this year, um, being at home, but, but or yeah. not at moms, I should say. <laughs> this year we were supposed to be in Ontario, um, so we saved a lot of money by not having to buy airplane tickets to Ontario. Yeah. So I just kept telling Jen, like, we should buy this. We should buy this. We didn't have to buy air tickets. We didn't have to spend buy air tickets. She's like, yeah, okay. That's not how it works, child. I was like, I don't know. I really want a Zwift trainer. So I was trying to, trying to convince her to buy a Zwift trainer. But right now it's like eighth on the priority list with things for big purchases, which is a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Being, an adult, being an adult sucks. Like, we want to buy a new bed and like a king size mattress is like several thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spend like $5,000 on a bed. That's a so bed. unexciting. Yeah. Even but though I love it. It's crazy how much you spend, like the amount of time you spend in that. It, I know. It, it'll, it makes a bit of sense, but yes, I know what you mean. It's the less glamorous thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather buy a new computer and a and a, yeah. and a and a and a smart trainer for my Zwift. And I don't know, yeah. <laughs> stuff more cool than a bed. Even though beds are actually, I don't think I've ever gotten into bed and been like, I wish. Like, no, beds are freaking great. So maybe maybe we. I just need to lean into beds. I don't know. Get more excited about beds. I well while we're on that by I actually it was weird though being back at my mom's because I was in like my twin size bed that I like grew up in <laughs> and I just felt like huge in it because I'm like basically my ankles and like dangle off and I, I can't really do like you're just like in one position you can't like roll anyway um but yeah that was that's funny yeah beds reminiscent yeah <laughs> When I when I first moved to Guelph, I lived on a on a futon mattress on a floor. It didn't even have a frame to it. It was awful. <laughs> but yeah, things you do. Yeah, I guess you're more resilient when you're younger. Yeah. Anyways, dude, congratulations on Thank getting that you. marathon in your legs. I know. Jeez. That was a that was a good rip, man. Two seventeen. Yeah, I survived. <laughs> I survived to tell tell the tale. 
<laughs> that's sometimes that's the least you can ask for right yeah um yeah so basically what like what i'm looking to do here is just let's get a follow-up on on your experience at the marathon project because that was a really cool event and i felt like for the for the day like all eyes of the marathoning long distance running world were on that random ass loop in arizona yeah um, so let's let's talk about that so obviously last time we chatted you were kind of getting into the tape or getting ready to go um how did travel down to arizona go any hiccups any any interesting observations along the way as you're heading into uh which is hopefully the last of trump's america yeah uh yeah nothing it was it was just bizarre like i felt like i was like kind of breaking the rules even even getting on a plane um uh yeah it just felt really really weird like the the airport itself was just like um just bizarre being in YVR and it being like basically like shut down, but like people still in there. And um, so, yeah, it was just a very grim, like it just didn't feel real, I guess. Um, thankfully I had Natasha, Ron and, uh, and Sarah on the same flight with me flying down. So that kind of made it a bit more like a bit more normal, but um, yeah, getting to the States uh, I basically like it, it's very like unglamorous. Like I, I got in an Uber and had the guy like had the windows down. So I got my stuff, got an Uber, got to my hotel. And then I was like hunkered down for <laughs> the remainder. I didn't really do too much. I, I was in a hotel near the, like, uh, like 800 or so meters from the course. And, um, yeah, yeah. Went, went and got groceries. That was a big, a big outing. Um, but, uh, I don't know, like it was bizarre because it, like when you're down there, you wouldn't uh, really think you were in a, a pandemic like I even noticed like the news outlets were wasn't wasn't much I mean compared to Vancouver and how much it's covered in Canada it wasn't anywhere near like the forefront of like the daily news um cycle which I thought was odd but um beyond that it was I was just explain some things about their current situation yeah um what was so obviously before you go into the states you got to go through customs what is what does that customs look like they're like so what, why are you traveling right now? Like, what are you we, doing? And you're like, I'm going to run a marathon. Like yeah. how'd, that, how'd that go down? It was so nonchalant. Yeah. I was expecting to have this like long winded answer of like, Oh, I'm doing this to do this, to do this. And then, uh, and then the guy was like, uh, yeah. So what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to go down to run a race. Uh, okay. Uh, here we are. Good. Yeah. I didn't even, didn't even care about the distance. Like for all he knew, he pr I probably was racing a car um so um yeah it was it was even on the way back I was actually shocked at how um loose the like like I could literally just hop off the plane and then I could have just like like gone on my merry way you know gone on to public transit and then like you know transited home like there it was just like very um yeah not as not as strict as I thought especially coming back from the states but really yeah i thought once you coming back they're probably like wrap you in like a bubble and then yeah. send you to your quarantine zone yeah they uh yeah i thought there'd be more guff coming back into canada and i thought there'd be um like they just kind of hand you a um it's a bit more strict like do it like filling out all the paperwork uh perhaps um but then they hand you a piece of paper and basically say like yeah you need to be quarantined for 14 days but there's no um there's nothing like enforcing that like immediately after the airport it was just kind of like like, I think I saw people like, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was kind of pretty relaxed, um, which is uneasy, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, not a police state. So, 
Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate your use of the term guff. I think that's <laughs> underused. Um, so you're down there. You go to the grocery store. Things are chill. Is, 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 it like a, is it like a race, quote unquote, like race sponsored hotel? Um, are all the athletes there? So I, um, I no. So I, I could have stayed at that hotel. It was a little bit more expensive and I was, um, I was paying my way down and, and, and my stay down. So I went, uh, kind of like, it was basically the same distance to the course. Um, but, uh, so I think I was the only athlete staying in this, but it was a, I opted to stay in this best Western that, um, had a kitchen and I could cook my own food and, um, figured that would be best than like, you know, Uber eats or, I don't know, um, trying to limit like how much I actually had to go into the public. Probably a good idea. So, yeah. So with that, it was kind of bizarre because I was like, I was down there for this like race, but I never actually felt like I was, um, in that, you know, expo sort of like, uh, there was none of that vibe, like pre-race vibe until like the, like dropping off my bottles and, um, I guess going to the course the, the day before, but. Nice. And how, how'd you feel? How, where, where was your head at, at this point? Feeling nervous, feeling excited. Um, how do you, how do you set up your plan for obviously pacing, um, things like that? Yeah. Yeah. I felt, I felt, um, like I, I felt confident. Um, I might've been like, maybe like stubbornly like confident perhaps if that it's, that's, if that's the right word for it. I, I ran into some like issues the week of, um, uh, leading into it, uh, that I probably should have like adjusted my race, uh, like plans. Um, cause we kind of went into it, like with like Ben and I both had the similar like race objectives and, um, you had, you had very similar training leading up to it. Um, uh, and so we both kind of went into it with like, yeah, we're going to like, just see how it plays out and then have a couple, you know, self checks along the way and, and reassess. Um, and, uh, and I probably should have readjusted. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I, I was stubborn. I think I, I felt like I put in all this work and I wanted to kind of get the most out of it. And then just the week into it, I just, I got sick. And then I, I fell on my chest and did something to my like rib cage. And uh, how'd you fall on your chest? Oh man. It's a, I, I <laughs> Linz and I were out on a picnic. It's, just, it's like, Linz and I were out on a picnic. I was carrying this basket down to this like little um, cove yeah. and we're like going across these little rocks. And I just like, she turned it back to like say hi to Linz or she said something and I turned back and I flipped back and I just like ate it right <laughs> onto my, right onto my chest. Like so nonchalantly, <laughs> Lindsay's like howling in the background. Not sure if like I'm hurt or if I'm, if I just like clumsy me. And I didn't think really anything of it until I got to the, I got to the, um the race uh, like I flew the next day and I was like I did my jog and I like my um like it hurt to like take deep like it hurt to like take that big calming breath yeah 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 and um and so I like stubbornly I didn't tell I'd even tell Rich about it because I I knew if I like said anything to any or if I I told Lindsay but if I if I'd said it to Rich it would be in my head and then it'd be like an easy out Mm -hmm. during the race and then I was like okay I'll just ignore it I got through the, I could run, but it was like annoying. And, um, so yeah, I probably should have, should have taken that as a sign and like gone out a little bit more conservative and, but eh. That's a, I, I went there to test my limits and I, I, I may have found them. <laughs> <laughs> marathon, you'll find them in a marathon. Uh, in 2000, uh, 
2015, I was doing the, I was doing the Chicago marathon and I was, I was, I was living and well doing the training camp in Virginia with my brother, who's my coach. And, uh, to get around in Virginia, I would drive, he had a motor scooter and I would drive like this, like this Vespa thing. And, and like, it was the same as you, like the week of the race, I was going to the gym just to do like, just to kill time. Cause I was tapering. Yeah. I was going to like go stretch and like roll out and whatever, and just go to yeah. the gym. And it was kind of raining that day. And I was driving the scooter and I was driving behind this car and this car made an unexpected, like stop to like make a turn. And I wasn't really paying attention until like last second, I had to slam on the brakes in the scooter and like, and I crashed the scooter. Like I'd like, I like, cause like, cause it was raining the back tire just like slid out on me. Oh no. Yeah. And I, fell and I slid behind and I was completely fine. But then like, I was so flustered from crashing the scooter. Like I, like, and there was cars behind me and there was like this scene. So when I picked it up to like, and I was like embarrassed and I accidentally like the scooter, like is like a, you like kind of crank oh. it like, like yeah, that. Yeah. And when I pick up the scooter, I hit that part and I went full speed into a curb and I went <laughs> head over heels and I flipped and landed on my back on a lawn. Oh, man. <laughs> and this lady across the street was like freaking out yelling at me and be like are you okay and and like and then i was like i'm fine i'm fine then she laughed at me and it's like i wish i had that for youtube but it was, it was the same thing i was like i was like i just crashed so i spent like the next few days being like is my body okay is my yeah, body yeah. okay is my body okay and i was so annoyed and it was such an innocent thing yeah um fortunately i didn't collapse my my ribs but i you know i hurt my hip but it didn't affect my race but anyways that was a bit of a side um so you get to race day, you drop yeah. off your bottles. Um, and, and what's it, what's it look like in terms of pre-race, you know, the hours before as you, as you, well, no, first, what'd you eat the day before? Very I common had, question. I had some pasta. That's what I've been having most of my. Very common answer. Most of my, uh, like big workouts the night before I kind of kept it pretty simple and just had a pasta and, um, yeah, I was able to make that myself and, didn't really get to up to much at all. Like the big outing, it was also weird too, because um, like, like most races you would have like that X, you would have like an expo, you'd have like a press conference, like, and then a technical meeting. And um, there was, there was kind of none of that. And then even the technical meeting was um, over zoom. So it was kind of funny, like seeing all the, like every athlete in there, basically you can see the same like headboard um, because they're all in bed. <laughs> in the same hotel room um uh and then yeah and then the day before it was just like the big outing was like dropping your bottles off and i thought that'd be like this big this bigger thing uh, and i was like kind of kind of excited ben had a car and he came and picked me up and we drove went to drop him off and then you just like dropped him off in the back of a u-haul and it was like okay we're done and then that was my that yeah, was my big pre-race day what was in uh, your bottles i had uh, morton morton good old yeah morton. yeah yeah, they were, uh, it'd been, it's been, it was sitting, sitting, well, it still is sitting really well with my stomach. So, Good. um, but yeah, but, uh, so yeah, the day, the day of, I was just up early and, um, I just sleep the night before I slept pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, I, yeah. Cause I've heard stories about like having difficulties, like maybe having more nerves sleeping before uh, a marathon than normal, but I slept pretty well. And, um i like to kind of get up early and maybe not as early as ben ben flanagan i think i saw that he went for like a he was pacing and i think i saw that he went for like a, a shakeout at like four something they have the race mm -hmm. 
um, which I think that's, a, that, that's another level, but um, yeah, I kind of like to get up three hours before, like I kind of get going and, and just zone out and yeah. Alrighty. So we go, to, we get to race day. Here we go. Get to the, get to the line. You lace up your vapor flies, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. Throw on your flashy mile to marathon kit. Uh, and what's the plan? What in your head, what, what was the plan? What was the pace group you're going with? I was going with the front, the front group at least, and then kind of having a couple checkpoints. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, it's probably in hindsight, like I should have been with the, like, it would have been a lot easier race going out with like even this, you know, 66 minute. Um, and I still probably would have enjoyed that last like 10 K and so, um, a bit more, but yeah, I mean, training had kind of gone really well. And we said like, you know, we might not get another opportunity like this, especially with the like pacing and, uh, in conditions. And so it was like, might as well yeah, you know, give it a shot. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of tried to stay as relaxed and, uh, hung out with the back of that crew for, I think, uh, I, I noticed, I was like, Oh, this isn't feeling too well, Like it felt okay, but it was like, this is starting to like, feel, uh, like I still got a ways to go. And I think I was like, I was trying to break it down like per bottle. Like, I think I was like two, two bottles in and I was like, and they're every four miles. And I was like, Hey, I probably should like chill out a bit. And I felt like I was yo-yoing a little bit with that front group in the back. Um, and then I tried to like ease off it just before, uh, I think just before halfway. And I was hoping like, Hey, I'll just now treat it like I was out, you know, working out by myself in Fort Langley and, um, and treat it like a workout, but it just got, it got tough. And then it got, as soon as like, I was okay, it's okay. The 65, 30 group's going to pass me. And then I was like, latch onto them. It'll be good. And then they like just flew by me. Like I was standing still. Um, and so then it, what cues, what cues are you reading, especially early on? So like, cause I find pacing a marathon is a very challenging thing, right? So <laughs> when you're at 5k and when you're at 10k, what level of discomfort were you comfortable with and which level were you like, I maybe need to pull back? Like, what were you looking for? Well, that was what was so interesting too. Cause I'd, I'd heard like, you know, that a good sign in a marathon is usually not feeling good in the beginning. So that was like, in my head was like, okay, I'm not feeling good, but usually that's kind of a, <laughs> not, I'm not a good sign, you know, down the road. So, um, I think it was just like, I still, I felt really relaxed. I think it was just, um, the, I wasn't as, um, like the pace wasn't as, uh, I guess. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling like I was, you had to push a little bit more than you wanted to pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was reaching a little bit, um, when I really shouldn't, have been at that point um and i think that yeah you can kind of tell later in the race is that i i yeah i certainly paid for that but i think yeah it was then that's the thing like i really didn't i didn't know um and and maybe even looking back on those workouts um like i might have been running them more like like not like a marathon you know but more like this is an interval of like 16 miles like you know what i mean like yeah um, i know what you're saying right like you measure your effort. So when you finish your 16 mile workout, you're pretty much done. Right. Yeah. It's not like I could have kept going for further type thing. And I, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, it's like when you're running a marathon and you say you want to be running three Oh five a K right. You want to mm -hmm. look down and be like, Oh, 
that was a really easy 305 a k yeah. rather than be like fuck i had to kind of fight for that 305 a k right yeah and it's super super subtle and especially yeah. on your first one it's so hard to know because i remember my first marathon i was like i think this is okay i don't know if this is okay and yeah. then you think 30 came you're like that wasn't okay right yeah um <laughs> and that's kind of what happened it like was a it kind of transitioned <laughs> throughout the race like okay this is how it should be feeling i don't know yeah i'm like trying to like gauge like how how ben was feeling or how someone else was feeling beside me and i'm like i feel like i'm not breathing as hard as them but like this is still like anyway yeah yeah so at what point did you realize of all you said you were waiting for that that's that the next group to pass you and they fly yeah. that's always that's always the worst when you're like oh i know oh. there's a group and you're like i'm just gonna hang on with this group and like it lasts like maybe maybe like you last a, a mile and then yeah. the next group you mass a kilometer and then by the end like you're like three steps with the person <laughs> yeah oh gosh it uh and that's the thing with this race too that you know maybe in another marathon perhaps that wasn't as like as like con like as deeply condensed i guess mm -hmm. um it might have been easier to because you wouldn't have like guys passing you from like you know, like you wouldn't have these guys blowing by you might've been by yourself even longer. And then still like, um, kind of carrying a bit of momentum versus like losing that every time yeah. someone kind of went by. But, um, I mean, I, I actually still felt like decent at through half. I think the, I mean, the wheels really started, I mean, I it was slowing, but the wheels really fell off the last, like the last five, six K. What'd you split at the half? Uh, like 65, 10 or okay. 65 11 that's rolling yeah, which that's is which is kind of funny thinking back on it because like i ran my first half marathon this like yeah. in july and i i was like spent and i ran like 64 20 yeah um so in hindsight i'm like gotta like take that with a grain of salt but um no, i still felt that, like it's, it's, still it's, felt like decent I'm like hey i'm still rolling still chugging but the last five were like pure survival like I think my split rich sent me my splits and it was I think my last 5k was like 18 minutes yeah dude that happens man that's fine that's fine the thing is you went out there this was an opportunity to do something and take yeah. advantage of it right so to take yeah. advantage of it you got to go full send and yeah. it, it's like it's like ride or die right yeah. for yeah. some people it works and then people so it's like whatever I mean <laughs> you wanted to qualify for the Olympics and to qualify for the Olympics, you can't sit and kick. No. Right? You had yeah. to go. So you you got to be proud of it. Yeah. And you finished, you ran 217, which is a great marathon. Like that's a really, that's a, that's a solid marathon that shows that you with more training and more, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll be fine in the sport. So, yeah. but I also, I also want to hear about the last five to 10 K because oh, man. I, yeah. I, I have, suffered through that so many times myself it's yeah. nice to hear about it um well, so I, sorry that that's the thing too is like i've never experienced like that's what it was so unique was that i've never experienced that sort of um sensation before like in any in any distance run like it was something like it was it was something you kind of have to experience just to like uh it, where it goes from like tying up to like survival like it was like i i'm just like putting one, like trying to stay upright and like put one foot in front of the other so yeah because you never want to hit that in training because you hit that no. in training yeah. that's not the point right yeah. <laughs> like run kilometer repeats until you fall over dead yeah. it's like yeah. sk repeat was 348 <laughs> like, okay keep going <laughs> at that point uh, you're, you're done the workout's done 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, th- and that's why they say it's like it's going into the unknown and you don't know what it's like and it's very mm-hmm. unique. And so when you do it, you're like, okay, well now you know and, and you've been through it and, and you fought you fought through it. Um, in terms of so physically you're, you're tying up, but also mentally what's going through your head when you have like, you know, 12, 10K to go and you're like, this is, this is not going as I hoped it would go on the day. What's, what's keeping you going? I think, um, I think the fact of like it just being my first one um really just like I think regardless of the day I I like I was I I was finishing like there's no question of that and I think um I think I just wanted I just really wanted to experience the the whole thing whatever that may have brought me at the time yeah um but what was going through my head well it was kind of interesting the core because the dynamic of the shape of the course like um you could see like I could kind of see the front of the race like playing out and I'm when I knew I was like just kind of hanging on and just getting to the finish I could see Ben just like crushing it nice. and it was it was really cool to kind of have that um <laughs> I mean that first hand uh perspective on it but even like Natasha like I she was having a, a fantastic day and it was really cool to see and um uh but also in the same breath also very tough because like you could see where you wanted to be was just like on the other side of this meridian that was and then you, I don't know, it was just, that was mentally a bit like, oh, I really want to be there, but I'm hurting way back here. And, um, a few thoughts, only place. Yeah. And a few thoughts went through my head. Cause Rich had joked a while, a while ago about like, um, I think it was after one of the workouts and he was saying, I was asking him about his marathon and his first marathon experience. And I think he, it was like really rough too. And, um, and where he like had to like uh, stop like walk and walk jog it in the last little bit and that was like going through my head the last little bit I'm like I I might have to walk jog it in here this is like this is getting tough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's crazy because you start doing the math in your head like you come through in 65 10 you start yeah. pulling up, you're like ah, I'm gonna blow up it's like I'll probably still run 250 and that'll be totally fine. yeah yeah and then you finish you're like holy shit what happened yeah. in here yeah. <laughs> and then you see your your last and then you see your last yeah, your last 5k is 18 minutes you're like okay well that's like that's two minutes right there on yeah. top of, you know so it adds up in a hurry and it adds up very very painfully i shouldn't oh, even say yeah. in a hurry it adds up slowly yeah chip away oh, um, what's the uh, what's the, um would you say that is it's, it's interesting because the marathon it's like all running you're physically challenged in in many different ways the, the sting mm-hmm. of a mile is very different than the sting of a marathon um how would you rank that in terms of like hardest races you've done um definitely i mean from how i guess uh in the midst of it it was more like it was yeah it was very it would be way up there i think it's tough to say because i think um yeah i think it would definitely be like the hardest uh just maybe because it's still fresh and um but if you like measured how i was after the race uh compared to any other like effort I've ever had like I was I was a mess like I was actually like I had a flight two hours after the um the race which in hindsight I'd never want to do that again um when I booked the flight it was just like I just want to get in and out and just like get home as fast as I could and start my quarantine that sounds off like my hands are cramping just thinking oh my gosh I I was afraid like I was afraid I wasn't getting they weren't going to let me on the plane. Cause I was going to be like, look sick, <laughs> you know, like this poor guy can't walk. 
can't even like yeah hold himself up it was i did that i'm gonna i'm gonna side with another story of my own because i'm <laughs> that's what i do yeah. um I, I did the houston half marathon one year and i ran the race and i had my flight home that day and at the at the race like a bunch of people got like food poisoning oh, so no. i had a flight from houston to dallas dallas to vancouver and in dallas the food poisoning hit me and i had a middle seat the whole way from Dallas to Vancouver, which a I'm six, three in the middle seat after running a half marathon that day, I was already dying, but I had to get yeah. up and throw up and be oh, no. the whole entire trip home. So then I get to the airport and I look like a straight up junkie. Like I am, <laughs> I am pale and like dry sweats and I just run a race and I look disgusting. And I'd been in Houston. I'd been in Texas for like 48 hours. Like I got in race and came home. So they thought yeah. I was a drug smuggler hundred <laughs> percent. So I, all I wanted to do was go home. All I wanted to do is go home, but I got pulled into secondary customs and they're like, what do you do? Like, why are you there? I was like, I ran a race. Oh, <laughs> I was like, just let me go home. I'm dying. And like, they, like, I saw them looking up the results on the, on the webpage and be like, oh yeah, like, there you are. Cool. Right on. But yeah, that was awful. So like that post, that immediate post race travel isn't, it sounds good when you're doing it, but yeah. like, it sounds good when you're planning it, but when you're actually doing it, it can be effing awful. And like you said, you just show up at the airport broken and they're like, what's wrong with this fool? I, yeah. And so I think, so yeah, back to your question about like, yeah, I think that was definitely like physically and probably mentally yeah, the hard, the hardest uh, and maybe the most grueling. Um, I think also just because of like, uh, cause I like finished that race and I, especially with whatever happened with my chest, yeah how'd that affect you during the race it it was i noticed it like in the later stages um and i think it might have even affected like yeah i'm not i'm not too sure how like it probably it, i hope it i i hope it affected but i don't want to like you know grasp for like excuses because you know whatever happened on the day was what i could do but um like after the race i was like i couldn't uh I was like grabbing my, I was like worried about my, my, cause it's like right over my heart. And so I, it was even, I mean, I just ran a marathon on it when it probably shouldn't have run a marathon on it. And like, I couldn't lift my arm past like my head, my left arm past my head, like taking a deep breath or even breathing at that point was like brutal. And then also uh, to boot, I couldn't like walk properly. So I was like actually just a complete mess. Like I wish they should have had like Phil. I wish they had cameras because they finished the, the, the race finished. And then you had like a 500 meter walk from the finish line back to the warehouse where they had all the athletes had their stuff. Yeah. And I wish they had cameras just watching the athletes try and walk and maneuver back to the, the warehouse because it just looked like zombie. It looked like total carnage. That is a long, long walk at the end of a marathon. It might not, it might not even been 400 meters. It probably was 200, but it felt like <laughs> it took us like 10 minutes and I'm there with Ben and, um, and we're trying to, I remember we're trying to like maneuver to sit down to, um, on these like fold out chairs yep. so we can take our shoes off and neither of us could, could sit down. Like we couldn't, uh, it was, it was comical probably to watch, but good. Yeah. I mean, you ran hard. So yeah. that's good. At least, at least you earned it. If if if, yes. you, if you were loose and limber, you'd be like, oh, maybe I should have gone a little bit harder. Yeah. Oh yeah. my. So that was yeah. I think the the hardest definitely put my body into a, a pain chamber. Good. Good. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, then you then you have your quarantine. You recovered during quarantine. And but that's I, the beauty of it, though. Pardon? 
that was the beauty of quarantine is that and running a marathon before quarantine because I had absolute zero desire to like leave the house really for the first week so what are what are some of the positive lessons you took from the experience that you will you will work you will you will keep moving forward um like what worked well for you during the race even though you didn't get the result you dreamed of you got a you got a marathon in your legs you got a 217 mm-hmm. like what were what, what are things you'll take forward for your next build yeah i think i think um i mean i think one day i'll i'll probably i think if i treat each race kind of like that and um and kind of I think if I take one positive is that I I did, you know, give it a go. And I think if I keep kind of showing up one day, hopefully that, you know, that 217 isn't going to be a, I'm not going to fall apart quite as much um, near the end. Uh, The other thing I think I um, just, I think I, my perceptions of what my abilities were just kind of uh, grew a fair bit, not just in the race, but just from like, Cause I went probably from July to like not running my first half marathon to like December and you kind of lose track of like, shit, I just just ran a marathon. Like I would, didn't even think I would be race running, you know, let alone running a marathon, but like racing a marathon um, at this point. And uh, I think maybe I lost sight of that, but this was just like kind of bonus on the year and whatever happened on the day was um, kind of, yeah, just a, an opportunity to kind of test the limits. But I think, the positive would be just all the, the base and that volume that I was able to put in and stay healthy and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and get to the line, like somewhat healthy during a pandemic and whatnot. So <laughs> I'm sure I'll look back on this and be like, what the hell are you thinking? But you ah, know, it's a memorable experience. Yeah. And, and you yeah. did what you need what you had to do. So like, what are, are there some, are there some, holes that you you know you need to, to fix are there some areas where you're like I, I wish I did that better I, I wish I could do that better type thing like you wish you didn't go on this picnic with with Lindsay before <laughs> yeah. yeah I well and yeah maybe I'll just bubble wrap myself the week of the race and not leave the house um I, I don't know I I think um yeah I think if maybe maybe it was a sign that like my volume wasn't uh where it should have been perhaps like um leading in but it was a short kind of it was like only an eight week build and it kind of went from running like going from world half to like okay you're gonna run a marathon in in eight weeks so it it was already in in and of itself kind of a a shorter build but um good enough to get you to 30k pardon that it was good enough to get you to 30k so. yeah 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 i just i couldn't i couldn't fake the last 12 yeah and the last point two really hurt <laughs> that'll be the longest like the, the longest 2.2 kilometers of your life is from 40 yeah. to 42.2 yeah. you're like oh yeah like like if you were to do like a training run you're like oh i only got 2k to go but in a marathon you're like oh my gosh i can't believe i still have 2k to go i know Brutal. i know um what do you um how keen are you to do it again? Are you, are you looking to take this strength and then, and then, and then leverage that into some 10 K training? You looking to go right back into a marathon build? Um, obviously like it's going to take time and, and the thoughts will probably change, but like, wh- where does this, what is, what direction you head now with this, yeah. with this build and this experience and this strength you have, what, where are you going? Yeah. I definitely, well, I definitely want to, you know, like, I think I, I still feel like I was kind of shortchanged a bit in, I think what I could have done and what actually had happened. So I think I definitely like there'll, there'll be a more marathons down, down my road, but 
Um, for now, yeah, I think we're, we're trying to get a bit more of that, um, just maybe not like lose sight or, or lose feel or, or touch with like what got me to this position and, and, and not losing, um, touch with that, like 5k, 10k, um, mm -hmm. speed and hopefully using this, this base and kind of directing that into, um, some fast times on the track. And I, it's so, it's so tough with the new year and it, it, like just, I mean, everyone's going through it, but just with, I don't even know when an opportunity will pop up or, uh, for another marathon. But, um, I think I don't really want to get into the, like, I don't want to just be a marathoner, I guess. Like I, I like, I still like the track stuff, but I, I want to be versatile that I could still do that down the road. And yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, cause they're like, it's like having that strength and having that, just, it, it, it'll lead towards, I, I think better performances and shorter distances. You always think about Dathan Ritzenheim when he went to do a marathon for a few years and out of nowhere, he dropped down and ran a 1256 5k. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marathons make you really strong and then you yeah. add speed to it and you can, and you can throw down on people. Um, so now that quarantine's over, uh, how did, how was the recovery process? How long did it take you before you felt like a functioning human being again? Um, oh man, it took like, my legs came, came back, um, like I think five, four or five days, the, the stairs weren't bad. And, um, I was at my mom's like townhouse and, <laughs> and it, there's like just two flights of stairs, even to go up to like a bathroom. So yeah. that was, that was brutal. Um, but yeah, I think after a few days, the legs were back and still bizarre with my, um, my chest. Cause we actually like, we want, we had to rule out, we had to rule out if there was like, I, I did some like serious damage to it. Um, and it's still like, it still hurts and it's still like a discomfort even to like breathe. And so I, I hope it's just like bruised, uh, bruised ribs. Um, but, um, that's still like coming around a bit. Um, I've been, did my first run the other day and it's like, it's like manageable, but it's like not, not fun. I don't know. So I'm not sure if I'm like re-injury, if I'm hurting it more running on it or, or what, but, um, the legs feel fine other than being like, uh, I now maybe understand why Kipchoge goes for like an easy run the day after a marathon and not, and doesn't just like sit on his ass for two weeks <laughs> and drink beer. Yeah. I agree with that. Like just flush it out with like, even like a walk. Yeah. Because yeah, it's just, I love, but I, I really appreciate hearing how, how, how banged up you are. I like yeah. that. I mean, <laughs> well, I want to hear how you're, how you're feeling after the hundred K when did your, when did your legs come back or are they still, have you still not found them? You, you know what, dude, like the intensity is so low that it is, it's, it wasn't that bad. Like my, my quad shut down at like 60 K. So like yeah. I ran 40 kilometers so slow and like with so little impact force on my rest of my body yeah uh that the quads were effed yeah. but it really it was it was just a long ass day oh, I bet. so i bet i can run i can I'm, I'm running fine um i i can definitely feel like i'm carrying some fatigue but yeah. i'll tell you what man racing a marathon like you did is harder than jogging 100k like i did <laughs> like like hands down like 100k was it was super challenging. It, it was yeah. one of the harder things I've ever done. I'm not selling it short. Yeah. To full send a marathon, that is harder. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, I maybe I'll full send 100K and then we'll see what's going on. Oh, man. 
<laughs> oh my yeah that's just just thinking about I, well I, and i watched thank thank you for like giving updates the whole day because that gave me some some uh, not humor but i was vicariously living uh reliving my pain and then like watching you like document it was like really cool um here to help man yeah that that was that helped my past the 14 days yeah that, that was cool I'm, I'm happy i did it i'm happy i did it but and it was it was tough it was tough my quads my quads are definitely i still have doms in them but it's not like it's it's runnable doms i can run through them yeah. and like you were saying genevieve and i live in a in a townhouse that has stairs to get up to the door and then there's stairs in the place but like our living space is upstairs in my room the office and the bath our bedroom the office and and the bathroom are on the on, on the main on like the first floor yeah. so i didn't go upstairs for a couple days <laughs> I just, I just down. And then like the kitchen's upstairs so i was just like ordering food oh, <laughs> like that but yeah it's it's this sport it just it just there's all sorts of different ways to test yourself and oh, yeah. and challenge yourself and I think the more ways you do that and the more ways you explore, I think, I feel like the more kind of, the more you kind of get it. And it'll be awesome because now that you're a marathoner, when you're coaching your athletes with mild and marathon, mm -hmm. like you have that, you have that kind of like, obviously you just got to understand the basic physiology and science behind it. And, and, and that's and that you can coach off that, but it's also nice to know like the experiential other side of things too. So oh, when totally. Yeah. No, it's given me such, yeah, a far greater perspective on, um just what to try and simulate um i mean you can kind of read up as much as you want but there's nothing like kind of experiencing it firsthand and then grasping that a bit better but yeah it's uh yeah it's really really cool so yeah and it's it's like that concept of long hard workouts that may be 32 kilometers of hard running and and like finish that being like work really hard but don't don't destroy yeah. yourself because you want to recover and you also want to make sure you can finish the last 10k thing the hard balance oh, totally yeah. do it i mean you're uh you got the experience you've got a great coach um and so i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you what you do next you be at the road the trail the track or oh, you're not gonna be on the trail the road the track or whatever <laughs> um, and yeah shout out to uh bset teammate ben on yeah. such an amazing run phenomenal day and he, he, he he took good care of me after the race too. I think he knew how like destroyed I was and, and he was on like cloud 12 and, uh, and that guy, he drove me to the airport, uh, went and bought me ice cream. <laughs> Jeez. Good guy, Ben. He's a good teammate. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good on And Natasha obviously crushed it too. So it was, it was, it was a pretty good day. Sarah, mm -hmm. Sarah was cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, dude, there's nothing to scoff about being a 217 marathon. There's very, 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 very few people in the world who can run a 217 marathon and you're one of them. Very true. Um, and that, and that time will get you respect anywhere you go. So congratulations. Thanks man. Um, and uh, you know, stay hungry and keep moving. And thank you for being open to share your experiences with us. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see like that, like, you know, even people who, you know, like the guy who wins the sun run and the guy who runs a 62 minute half marathon, he is human. He is human. And yeah. we all train our hardest. We all train to the level we train to at our own speeds and everything. But at the end of the day, when it comes to racing, like some days are good, some days are challenging and we all go through it. It's yeah. not like you're, you're invincible, man. And, uh, the last 5k of the marathon, make sure that we're reminded of that sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was a humanizing and yeah. 
certainly uh, a, a, a experience I won't forget. So, but yeah, thank you for the, the kind words, man. It means a lot. Yeah. Dude, well, we're we're all we're all proud of you, man. We're all we're definitely all proud of you, and we know this is the beginning of your my your marathoning career. And uh, thanks again. And um, until next time, and hopefully when Mile to Marathon Burnaby gets back up and running, and Mile to Marathon Vancouver gets back up and running, you can share the tales with the athletes. Um, but until then, this will have to suffice. I know, unfortunately, but yeah, better be safe. So. All right. Well, did you have time over the last five to six kilometers of the race to think of your sign-off phase for podcasts? No, I have, I have not. That wasn't going through your head. That was the last, the last thing that was like, oh my! I even thought of like, um, like you ever have that bad dream? This is bad sign-off, but you ever had a bad running dream where you're just like, you're just like you're running, but you're like you're bounding. Yeah. Yeah. I was, that was, that was happening in the last, maybe last like couple miles. But anyway, that's, that was what was going through my head. This is a bad dream. So you're not, like, some people say they're living the dream. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm living the dream, but it's just a bad one. So this yeah. sucks. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work. Yeah. On yeah. No sign off. That's okay. <laughs> TBD. TBD. And then I say, respect your parents, which is the best sign off ever. Yeah. Parents are jerks. But anyway. <laughs> Everybody, uh, thank you so much, Justin. Take care, everybody. Respect your parents. <laughs>